Our scripture reading this morning is John 3, verses 1 through 17. Jesus teaches Nicodemus. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you not, cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things, you do not believe me. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Ever-equipping God, as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds which rest in our hearts that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we as your people have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. It happened in the dark of night. How many of you go out in the dark of night? Usually around here, when it gets dark, the sidewalks are rolled up and everybody's in their house. At least for our crowd, right? I mean, most of us, we've pretty well got our day done by the dark of night. But have you ever just sat there and something 
working in your brain, something working in your life and you're restless and you can't stay in your easy chair and you can't watch the same TV channel and you can't stay focused on your electronic device. Something is eating away at you and you just get up and you mill around or you go find something to eat and you sit down and then you get back up and you pour yourself a drink or whatever it is. And you wrestle, and you wrestle, and you wrestle. Am I alone in doing that? That's Nicodemus' state of being. That's where Nicodemus is when we walk into this story with him. When we listen to John write about one of the most beautiful encounters in all of the Gospel of John. Between Nicodemus and Jesus, it's in the dark of night. Now, I don't know if you've read the Bible, but I'll tell you, the dark is always portrayed as the bad side. And the light must always come into the dark and lighten up everything and bring light. But today, the stage is set and it's in the dark. But who are the players today? Who are the players that we expect to find in the dark? Who's the villain? Where's the bad guy? There's not. It's Nicodemus. A Pharisee, as Paul would say, a Pharisee among all Pharisees. He's a member of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council. I mean, he's the dog. People go to him to find out what scripture means. The rulers, the teachers, they go to him to understand what the law says. This isn't somebody who's just all of a sudden had an experience in their life and doesn't know any history about the law or the Jewish beliefs. And here's Jesus and jumps on the bandwagon. This is a man who is deeply profound in his faith. He is an upright citizen within the community. And he is looked upon with great respect. But in the dark of the night, something is troubling him. Something called the Holy Spirit has gotten hold of Nicodemus. I often want to pick up my phone at four o'clock in the morning in the dark of the night because I know I have three or four friends who are either already up or who are awake because things are on their brain. And I've always wanted just to text them and say, you guys up? We got a battle to fight. Because I, like Nicodemus, have a brain that won't shut off. I, like Nicodemus, I overanalyze everything and I try to figure out who's doing what and what's going on and even what God's up to. Because there's something in our spirit, or at least in my spirit, that I need to know what tomorrow holds. I need to know what's coming. If I'm going to lead, I want to be prepared for what we're walking into. I want to be ahead of what's fixing to happen so that I can help the people respond to what's happening. And invariably, 2.30 to 4 o'clock in the morning, it's the dark of the night. And the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we wrestle. Nicodemus is so bold, he gets up and he goes and he finds where Jesus is in the dark of the night. The sun is down. He's supposed to be in his house. He snuck out. He's going to see Jesus. And he goes and he finds Jesus. How many of us, when we're struggling with something in our life, we're willing to go and we find Jesus before we try to figure it out? Most people I talk to do exactly the opposite. We try to figure it out and we might even wrestle with it for days or weeks or months or years. 
And then we go to Jesus, our Redeemer, our hope, our Savior. Nicodemus is experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, and he goes to Jesus and he says, Surely you are of God. And the only reason he speaks like that is because of what he's seen Jesus do. Because of your works and the miracles you are performing, you must be of God. Nicodemus is perplexed. He doesn't know where Jesus fits in the picture. Where does Jesus fit in our picture? How comfortable we are we in our dark? How comfortable are we when we overanalyze and try to think about things and work things out on our own accord? Are our ears open? Is our brain open to hearing what it is Jesus has to say? You must be born again. To a leader of the Jews, to a member of the Sanhedrin, a person who understands every law and knows obeying those laws is what makes him righteous and in relationship with God. And Jesus stands him on his head. Nicodemus. If you're going to be in a relationship with God, you must be born again. Some of my conversations at four o'clock in the morning, they're about that perplexing. Because I have one idea of what things should be and where things should go and what God's going to do. And God warns me. Not even close, Barry. Not even close. Just go stand on your head. Do you remember? You have to be born again. And Nicodemus, being the educated man that he is, the respected man in the community, he says to, his, to Jesus, he says, how is that possible? I mean, it sounds ridiculous, right? How many of y'all been born once? All of you. Okay. <laughs> and if someone told you you had to be born again before you knew who Jesus was, do you know what that means? I mean, we've overplayed that phrase. The press has overused that phrase because what it really means, we think it means you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus. What Jesus says, you have to be born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. Do you know what that means? It's completely different than what we've modernized born again to mean. Because the Greek translation of that word says it's not about a physical essence. It's about a spiritual transformation. Somewhere it is, you have a spirit that God has created and God has designed, but you have taken control of. And you have designed for yourself the way you want your life to be. You see, Nicodemus made himself righteous. Because Nicodemus did everything he was supposed to do, but now he's run into Jesus. And Jesus says... It's the spirit that matters. It's your spirit, Nicodemus. It's not your obedience. I have a running joke with a friend of mine about what we can do to get to heaven. I told him one time when we were talking, I said, you know, good luck. You're not ever going to be there. 
<laughs> you can do whatever you want, but I'm not going to see you there. I told him all I want to do is hold the door. Wouldn't that be cool? Just hold the door. God, I don't even care if I ever go in. I just want to hold the door and say, y'all, come on in. But it's not about what we do. It's not about how many pancakes we fix or how many hospital visits we make or how many sermons we preach or how many ladies we help across the street or how many poor people we help or how many hungry people we feed or how many naked people we clothe, how many sick people we heal. It's about giving up our spirit. It's about giving up our spirit when we're alone in the dark. When only you know what you think when you're alone in the dark. When nobody's around. And it's just you. It's giving that spirit up. Instead of wasting those hours tossing and turning and fidgeting and trying to figure it all out. That's not giving your spirit up to God. Trying to make a list so you control everything that goes on. People you got to talk to. Things you got to do to make sure everything goes the way you want it to go. Making sure you obey this rule or that rule. Making sure you say hello to this person or that person. You shake this person's hands. Well, maybe not right now, but you hug them. It's not about any of that. It's about the very first thing we have to do is we have to give our spirit up. That's what Jesus means. Jesus means that if we're going to be baptized, we have to be baptized in the spirit. That doesn't mean speaking in tongues. That doesn't mean grabbing some anointed gift and hanging on to it. If you're baptized in the Spirit, it means that you've let your Spirit go. You've let control of the Spirit that resides deep within you, and you've allowed the Holy Spirit to move in and take residence. How do you like that thought? You ever thought about somebody moving into your house with you? Somebody you don't really know? Somebody you only heard of? They're good people. But we all know people are different when they get behind closed doors, right? Everybody is. We all have our little idiosyncrasies that we do, the things we say, the way we act, what we wear around the house. Please call before you're coming to my house. Otherwise, I'm going to be in my shorts and my T-shirt. If you're okay with that, come on. Some people need to put their dogs up, quit arguing with their wives, quit arguing with their husband. Some people have to have their makeup put on, their hair done up. All those things, right? Because when we're behind closed doors, when we're in our dark, we're a little different. Jesus says, wherever you are, Nicodemus, you have to be born of the Spirit. You have to be born again. And Nicodemus says, how can that happen? How can that happen? And Jesus says, you have to do one thing. Believe. Anybody in here believe in Jesus? Let's talk about what belief means. In this text, in the Greek, the word belief does not mean believe in. It means depend on. It doesn't mean believe in. The translation is really translated depends on. The sustainer. So let me ask you again, how many of you, if you look at your life right now and where you are and what you're doing, Nicodemus sustained his life by obeying the rules, the law. We're Christians, baptized in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we say we believe in Jesus. But if we really look at who we are, 
and what we do in our lives. And we understand the translation of the Greek word that says belief to say that we depend upon, give our trust to, await our substance from God. How many of us really believe in Jesus? How many of us really believe in Jesus? That everything we do in our life is framed from the aspect that Jesus sustains us. That Jesus empowers us. That Jesus gives us the correct thought, the correct action, the correct words for every situation in our life if we're born of the Spirit. It's different than being born of the flesh. We, the people of God, must allow ourselves to be born of the Spirit. I can't imagine how heavy-hearted Nicodemus was. A man who had attained the highest he could attain. And Jesus tells him what you're doing is wrong. The way you're living is wrong. The perspective from which you live your life is wrong. You must be born of the Spirit. This world's not about what we attain. This world's not about what we can achieve. This world's not about what we can accomplish. This world is about how we reflect the Spirit of Jesus to other people. Though it be through our competitions, though it be through our scholastic work, though it be through our neighborly actions, though it be through our church work, the whole concept is that we reflect the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God is in us. So let me ask you again. Do you believe in Jesus? Because somewhere when we were growing up, somebody said to us, let's have a Bible memory contest. Any of y'all ever grow up in a church like that? And if you could memorize the verse the fastest, you got a prize, right? So let's just see how good you did. For God so loved the world. Come on, come, we'll stop. We're going to do this like a choir, Greg. For God so loved the world that whoever believeth in him. Did I mess it up? See, y'all are following along good. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whomever believeth in him shall have eternal life, not perish. Whatever King James Version, whatever you want to do. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, his one and only son. Whoever does what? Depends on him. Seeks his life through him. Is sustained by him. Eternal life. That doesn't mean God's dangling a prize out there for us. What that means is God loves us. And God wants to be with us through eternity. But God needs us to do something. 
exactly what Jesus told Nicodemus he needed to do. Believe. He needed to believe. I sat in a group this week, and somebody asked a question. And we had to all go around the circle. One of my favorite, not, things to do. And the question was, who are you? I've been studying this text all week. Who are you? And I heard somebody say, I'm in law enforcement, and I'm a dad, and I'm a granddad, and I'm an attorney, and I'm a friend, and I'm a husband, and I'm a... And it came around to my turn. I am a person who is created by God and loved by God. Period. Because if we're honest, nothing else matters. Nothing. Because if we begin by saying we're created by God and our life is sustained by God, all the other roles are fulfilled. And people know we're a good person. And people know that we love our wives and we love our children and we love our grandkids and we're a good person in society because we're sustained by the spirit that we believe in. Because we've allowed our spirit to be baptized. And one person in the group said, that's a cop-out, loving. You're so much more than that. And my response was, I can't be more than that. That's all I can ever be. And I'm not saying that because of me. What I'm saying that is because there's a God who loves us so much in spite of how much we stay in the darkness that he invites us into a relationship of belief, a relationship of dependence, a relationship where he will sustain us in our lives if we will just call out to him whoever believes in him god gave it didn't say god took your order it says god gave god gave to you because god wanted to give to you and there's not a thing you can do about it No matter where you go, no matter what you say, no matter what runs through your busy little brain. Whether it be good or it be bad. You cannot make God quit loving you. No matter. Like it or not, God loves you. And God wants a relationship with you. And that's what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, it doesn't matter how high on the peg you are. It doesn't matter how high you are in authority. God loves you even if you didn't obey one law. God loves you. God's not going to let you stay there. Because the minute you begin to depend on God is the minute your life changes. It's the minute you become something else. It's the minute you start to reflect Jesus to the world because your substance comes from Jesus. I'm getting real educated on what an athlete is supposed to eat. I have been a junk food junkie for 57, almost 58 years. 
I love fast food. Did you know that fast food is not healthy food? And did you know that it's really not healthy for a Division I athlete? And I get my rear end chewed every time we're together, and he says, where do you want to go eat, Dad? Burger King? Wendy's? Taco Villa? And what he says to me is this, Dad, do you know what you're doing to your body? (laughs) Yeah, I do. Not living in belief is as harmful to our spirit as living on cheeseburgers and french fries is to our body. God wants to be intimate with us. We cannot legislate. We cannot appropriate. We cannot negotiate. We cannot duplicate the love that God has for us. It is given to us. God gave so that we might be in relationship, not for today, not for tomorrow, but for eternity. Do you understand what that means? For all time. Until God ceases to exist. We will be loved by God. You and me. In our dark places. In our head most of the time and forgetting about our heart. God comes to us and says, do you not remember? You were born of the spirit. Though you be flesh, you were born of the spirit. Believe, remember, believe, and you will live. I've read up in ancient texts other than the Bible. And yes, there are ancient texts other than the Bible. Nicodemus showed up at the cross. He was the one who helped Joseph of Arimathea put Jesus in the tomb. Nicodemus was removed from the Sanhedrin. Nicodemus was outcast from the Pharisees. Nicodemus died a death professing Jesus. Maybe we, the people of God, need to remember our birth, our spiritual birth, and depend on Jesus as we are loved by God in this world, even in the dark. Amen.